0: Hello and welcome to Snacks on Snacks, a podcast where we talk about the food in our lives and everything else that makes us human. My name is Anna Valez and this week I am joined with my friend Taylor Hatley.
1: How's it going?
0: Good, how are you? I'm doing good. We are in my apartment, cozy, comfy cozy on my couch.
1: Inches away from each
0: other. Inches away. It's, this is going to be a different kind of episode. (laughs) (laughs) How was work?
1: It was good. Yeah, it was good. It was a long day, but I'm learning a yeah. lot. And, you you um, work
0: at a hospital.
1: I do. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, I'm doing an internship this summer, and so I, yeah, I'm just getting a ton of clinical experience working with lots of different patients mm-hmm. and different things like that. So.
0: And today you shared that you worked with kids specifically in the petri pe- petri.
1: In the yeah. in the petri dish where, where, <laughs> where we grow them. <laughs> Um yeah, I got to work with pediatric patients, uh, waking them up out of sedation and uh it was an interesting experience. I definitely don't want to work with kids. I know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. I love kids. I mean, I think my goddaughters have shaped that. Yeah. I
1: mean. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people say that, but for me personally, you know, I I typically I work in the CCU and um you know, those those patients that I see, you know, a lot of them have comorbidities that could have been reversed just by mm. positive eating habits and, you know, diet and exercise in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, so I guess for me, when I work with kids, it's kind of like, you know, they didn't ask, these little babies didn't ask for this. They didn't, you know, they didn't ask, you know, oh, to have, yeah. uh, you know, whatever procedure they needed to go through. Yeah. Um, and so it's a little bit harder for me to compartmentalize, I think uh, And just providing care because I just I immediately get like you know like caretaker Tay where I just want to you know like I didn't
0: it's think okay. about that these kids not necessarily having a choice in their care I mean their parents definitely involve them in it in some cases I'm sure yeah I mean it's, but yeah it's not like you know like you you can
1: diet diet and exercise you know as like a five year old yeah um, I mean depending on what kind of family you come from but. Yeah. Um, I really, I I like high acuity patients. I like like helping those people. And I think it's a lot easier for me because they're not, you know. I mean, it's like you have a, you know, I mean, it's all tragic. It's regardless. um, And it's all awful. But as far as, you know, a 55-year-old cancer patient who is morbidly obese Mm -hmm. and has smoked cigarettes for 30 years or like a five-year-old with Ewing sarcoma, you know, I mean... It's just easier easier to help if that makes sense. I, I feel yeah. like it kind of sounds awful,
0: but no, I think we all have the things that we can handle, and especially if it's a kid that you're working with, yeah. I and mean, you're like, what What's going to happen to this child once they go back home, and then they go back to the same way that they're living, or
1: right, right, uh, or even you know, it's it's. Uh, I guess I kind of adopted this this mentality during the pandemic, you know, working in the CCU. It's it's. You know, in the event that they don't go home, mm-hmm. you know, how much are they missing out on? And I understand a life is a life, but, you know, 20 years of, of more time as opposed to, you know,
2: life.
1: yeah, like 60, mm-hmm. you know? Like I'm sure it, when
0: you work in the the critical care unit, you have to think that cut and dry to be able to compartmentalize. Yeah, yeah. With people who and are it's, I, I think
1: it's a fine line because uh, it, uh you know, obviously you don't want to treat patients like a symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, some of my, my peers and I, and the CCU have talked about it, uh, mm-hmm. and just how we have sometimes done that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, how else are you going to get through I it know. when you have, you know, five or six postmortem cares a day? And, you know, you have a, a pandemic, you know, raging across the country, and the majority of the patients that you see, it's like, you, there's just no other way. Yeah, you know, not in any in any sort of healthy fashion, where it's like, I'm not, you know, thinking about these people in my personal life, uh-huh. you know, yeah. um, so you have to be willing to set healthy boundaries, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. And it's like, for me, you know, I find that when I do that, and when I'm really purposeful with it, I, I, I do okay, you know. But when I start letting things through the cracks, and I start like, you know, maybe caring a little bit too much or getting too involved, or and this is like when you get to know the patients, when you get to know their families, you know, when you get to know their kids and you know, mom, dad, and everybody involved, it's like you know, you you become like an integral part um, of this unit, you know, Uh all like rooting for this person. And so, um, when I'm not purposeful. I and kind of setting those those boundaries at least in my head it's like you know certain things start happening in my personal life that that you know it's like i'll i'll you know binge eat a a four course meal you know (laughs) like because you know and i'll like wake up feeling like shit the next day it's like why did that happen it's like oh it's like because i you know i wasn't purposeful with with my meditation and and reaching out to friends and You know, so it's it's really I don't know. It's fascinating. It's maybe something that I think about now that I'm in my 30s, you know, and it's not just like my work life. It's really, I think, everything that I do. Um, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, how can I how can I be of service? How am I best of service to the people around me? And, and, you know, if I'm not taking care of myself and if I'm Mm -hmm. not, um, you know, taking a lot of action and and my self-care absolutely um,
0: it's sort of just your intentionality and everything going into what you're doing just not only feels a little less meaningful but you bring it home with you and it's like Ugh. 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 sometimes you know, <laughs> I get that with my work too I'm definitely not dealing with dying people or people who are uh, ill but when somebody comes to me and they tell me a secret about their husband that they've never told anybody Mm -hmm. that's bothering them, how the heck do I carry that?
2: Yeah. You know,
0: so we, we could talk about, um, self care afterwards, but let's, let's talk about how, who you are. Yeah. who You are, where are you from, where you grew up, your family life, your demographic, all that stuff.
1: Um, well, I am 33. Um, I was born in California, born and raised uh, in the 805 Central Coast. Um, in 2015, I moved to Kentucky and I started with this company, a, a cell phone carrier. And I did that for a few years, worked my way up. Um, and uh, from there, I traveled to St. Paul. I lived in St. Paul for a couple of years um, and then eventually relocated, you know, here Um where we live where we do you live. tell you? yeah in eau claire Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> was sure? yeah, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> okay so i live on a rotating <laughs>
0: uh orbital spaceship around <laughs> earth you don't know where i am at any time no one does no
1: one does um
0: so yeah that's how i <laughs> i just watched <laughs> captain marvel and so oh, yeah. like they have the, yeah. the laboratory in space have you watched
1: miss marvel
0: i just finished it's it. so good it's so cute yeah, i
1: loved it yeah it's very i was cute. really impressed by it it's really good um and so yeah i ended up in eau claire and then you know this specific wireless carrier merged and they were uh with another company and i got an option to relocate or take a severance package and it's like I was 30 years old, and I had always wanted to get into nursing specifically, mm-hmm. and, and so I did it, and I went from making, you know, nearly a six-figure income to $11.75 an hour to a nursing home, you know, mm-hmm. and I had never been happier.
0: Oh, good.
1: Yeah, good. I know. That's Isn't that crazy? I, that's what everyone says. They're like, oh, and how did that work out? And I was like, it was amazing, you know? Yeah. That's what you like, The less <laughs> the less money I made, like the less worry I had, I felt like because yeah. it felt really good. I, I mean I came from a position where I had an incredible amount of responsibility and I was responsible for a lot of different people and different personalities. And it's like then I, I you know, got into nursing and I, I started, you know, way at the bottom and um, I just got to take care of people and, and you know, clock in and clock out. I wasn't responsible for conference calls or emails or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, and, you know, it's like I've thought about that experience, you know, being in sales all through my 20s. And I really think it's helped me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not fresh out of college as a twenty year old with very little life experience, you know, handling these these big concepts and yes. you know, these big feelings um, that that people have because God, everyone's if we
0: only had uh, inside out if, back if, then. If, if we I,
1: I can only go back but like be who I am now. That's <laughs> I <fine>, you know <laughs> But like, not have to experience everything that I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I know it's like one of those things. It's like you. It's like oh, like if I could go back and not, you know, like do things differently. Like I don't know. I really like the person that I am now. I do too. You know what I mean? So it's like if I had to go I've through all that some, shit again, I've like,
0: got some bullshit, but I like. Who yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I don't want to be twenty-two-year-old Taylor Fuck anymore. Fuck that! <laughs> Ew. <laughs> it's awesome. Ew! Yeah, twenty-two-year-old Anna. I think. Well, no, I I just got sober. Um, but I mean, just got sober. I had no recovery and no program underneath my belt, really. But it was like, damn.
1: I mean, I had eight more years of hell.
0: (laughs) Hell, debauchery, (laughs) debauchery. Debauchery. So you grew up with a younger sister.
1: (laughs) I did. Yeah, I have a younger sister. She's a year and a half. Uh, Hi, Viv.
0: Hey, Viv.
1: I <laughs> doubt she'll listen to those. She's so busy being no. um, She might. If I'm like, hey, you should listen to this podcast I was on. But <laughs> <Viv>.
2: <laughs> um,
1: But she probably won't. But anyways, yeah, she lives. She actually moved with me uh, to Kentucky. Uh, oh, I did
0: know that.
1: It was. Yeah, I was sure. I'd been there for about a year. And then she came to live with. Uh, she actually she lived with me in my living room, you know, and we had like bought a, a full size mattress and just threw it down and. Um, I'm really fond of that time, but, you know, she went and got married mm. and uh, to my brother-in-law, uh, Josh, and had a beautiful little girl, um, Winona, named after my grandma. Mm. Um, now she's happy down in the south. Happy down in the south in Kentucky. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's got a little accent now. No, she doesn't. I mean, sometimes she Winona? does. No, your sister? My sister. Does yeah. Winona have an accent? No. no. Uh, she might, though. I don't know. It's still pretty early. She says, like, she has, like, a, you know, she does a little euphemism. It's early enough to yeah. prevent
0: it from
2: happening. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, we need to say, it's like,
1: baby girl, this is speech therapy. <laughs> we don't, you know, it's a different culture yeah. Um, down there. And, nice. But they love it, and they have mm-hmm. a cute little home, and. I'm gonna see her. I'm actually gonna go. We're going to visit my dad in California. Yeah. Um. Here in a couple of weeks, so I will get to spend time with the family. I'm really excited about that.
0: Lovely. So you grew up uh, with your dad and your stepmom mostly, or was it your? It was really.
1: It was like you know evenly divided. Okay, between, between. your dad and your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think, and you know, at the time, I didn't have the closest relationship with my dad. It really wasn't until later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were mainly with my mom and. You know, it's like my mom, you know, she remarried when I was 15 to this mm-hmm. great guy, you know, uh, so we kind of had, you know, two homes growing up uh-huh. and, um, and it took a long time for my dad to kind of find, you know, the person he was, en- you know, supposed to end up with. And um, so we were kind of, you know, I mean, shooting back, all back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, but we lived with my mom. We went to school, like in high school where my mom lived. Okay. Um And then, you know, in the summers, we'd travel and live with my dad. So,
0: so how far away were you, was the distance between your parents?
1: I would say about 45 minutes. Okay, so not yeah. too terrible. No, it's not too bad. You just no. hit the the 101 for our... <laughs> I wish I wish they could see the face. Of <laughs> oh, wow. She's like, uh-huh. It's like that uh-huh. SNL sketch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're, You're going to hit the 405.
2: <laughs> now that
0: I've been to LA a couple times, I'm like... I get it. Yeah. I get
1: to it. To La Brea. I know. It's really funny. It's always a right? Because we do that. Like, we actually do that. And know? I heard
0: that you just call it PCH. If you say the PCH, people like, nah, it nah, nah. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. I
1: don't know. I mean, people are weird. It's like, you know, people call it Cali, you yeah. know, here out in the Midwest um but if you were to call it cali in california they would be, you know it'd be like it's not cali man like it's california you it's know
0: it's california it's california it's
2: california
1: um yeah i miss it sometimes i really do i think about it often like a missing you know home in a lot of ways but i i really feel like i've made a home here in mm-hmm. eau claire and i've made i honestly like what i've really learned from my travels is that i can make a home anywhere yeah you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily have this like Tied to california i mean it's so expensive
0: oh my god yeah mm-hmm. it took it, me uh 77 to fill up a tank of gas yeah which for us midwesties is
1: <coughs> it's a lot yeah, yeah i mean i i mean years ago i mean it was five dollars a gallon you know mm-hmm. and i remember you know putting in the early days you know it's like ten dollars in my tank and hoping i could get out. yeah home, yeah you know? yeah yeah um yeah.
0: So there were a couple things that you brought up to me that you wanted to talk about yeah. when it came to food and access to food. Would you expand on that a little bit?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think part of the reason I, I like the concept behind this uh, podcast is, is a, you know, I think food is one of the most generated mm-hmm. like, generous things you can do with people Mm -hmm. um like eating a meal it's very popular in europe it's like a a big deal um and it's it's really important i mean
0: breaking bread as they call it yeah yeah breaking bread (laughs) yeah
1: let's (laughs) um and uh you know it's it's i think in some ways uh our culture here in the states is is a little bit different Mm -hmm. um but it's still really unique. And then also, I uh, you know, I, I, myself, I think like a lot of different people have a complex relationship with food. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, and I don't have an eating disorder or anything like that. I never have. Fortunately, you know, that wasn't one of the things on the list of diagnoses. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like I'm learning about these, these different eating disorders in nursing school and a lot of it is about control or loss of control mm-hmm. or, and, you know, they're so, it's so close, just not extreme, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in the way that we treat food as, as just, you know, people without that disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I know as a kid growing up, uh, you know, it's like, a, you know, my parents divorced, it was 1998 and, um, you know, they were just very involved in their own lives. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's probably when my, my sister and I's relationship really got close is because we really took care of each other in a yeah. lot of ways. And, um, you know, there were times I think food, it was, it was always kind of this contentious like thing in our lives that existed where it was like we didn't have access to food or, or meals. I mean, we were very middle class, mm-hmm. you know, in a really affluent area of California and so I mean there were times when you know my mom was my mom was working my dad was working and
0: lower class than middle class
1: yeah I mean you know there was a yeah I mean it was like lower maybe. middle class yeah, I I mean, no I
2: know I know okay. I,
1: I mean it's like you know I mean collectively I'm sure my parents made maybe you know like 80,000 a year okay but like, even in, you know, the late 90s, I mean, maybe yeah. in the late 90s, it was a little bit more. It, it was, it had to be like 60 between the two of them and then 80, you know, just to give like a point of reference. Okay. I mean, it's not much when you have a, a 1,300 square foot home go for $800,000, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So there were times when, you know, it's like my sister and I, my parents would order us pizza five days a week, you know, and like, that's what we had for dinner, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were times when we didn't have any food altogether and it's like my grandma would have to go to the grocery store and she would buy us groceries. And so seeing that as a kid, mm-hmm. I definitely think it created this. And again, I, I you know, it's like I talk about this stuff now and I, I'm an adult. I can you know, hindsight's twenty twenty oh, and it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. I don't hold anything against mm-hmm. I love my parents. I'm very close with them now. Um, I don't think I could have done any better. You know, I used to have that like conceptualized idea, uh, you know, it's like, I I thought like, well, if I was in that position and it's like, I don't know that for a fact. And you know, I mean now it's like, I'm 30 and like my parents were so young and it's like, I'm 33 now and I, I don't want kids and Mm -hmm. I don't, Particularly feel like I could be responsible for what right now, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm, it's, I'm really holding this together on my own. You're you know? rebuilding like, your life, and you're like, oh, yeah. I got <laughs> what I got. This yeah, is it right I got now. What I got, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um,
0: I remember my mom uh, ordering out a lot just because she was so exhausted, yeah, so tired. I mean, she was a single mom working full time, and then during a portion of that time, she was going to night school. For I don't remember necessarily what. I think it was real estate and maybe another thing during a period of time. But, um, yeah, uh, Pizza Hut. And then, like...
1: uh, Takeout Chinese.
0: Takeout Chinese. Or I very specifically remember, like, these frozen uh, meatloaves. That she would just reheat in the oven and then we'd have some sides or whatever. But it was, it was, she didn't really make like from scratch food until I was in high school, until she had more time.
2: Mm.
0: But I remember that like a lot of processed food growing up and not necessarily, and this is not her fault at all, but not necessarily having a guide to what is healthy eating. Um, And then I think I, between both of my parents and then, you know, that shame of, like, what are you eating? Like, why are you eating that much? You know, you shouldn't be eating that much. That's too much for a little girl like you. And so there was like this, I'm bad. I'm eating too much. Well, I feel bad, so I'm going to eat more.
1: Did you did you get those kind of comments from your mom often or growing up? Not my mom. Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it from my dad a lot.
1: Yeah it's a really fascinating thing i think you know and it's like we we look by i mean as as we become adults we start uh, obviously picking apart all the things in our childhood yeah. that it, you know i mean we do it i think it's just part of human nature um you know you have to wonder uh you know like what what your dad's relationship with food was yes and you know what his insecurities are mm-hmm. and when you're able to kind of at least for me you know like figure that out, you know, and realize Mm -hmm. that that's its own complex issue that has nothing to do with you.
0: I think my mom's level of managing what I ate, because I did eat in excess at a young age, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't necessarily normal. So my mom did her best at guiding me as a parent should. Uh, And then it was all the other external things that influenced how I perceived it. Media, kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Other ways that people were commenting or managing how I ate. And uh, so I think she, you know, I think she did the best that she could. But um, it definitely was harder for her to help me because she was, it was just her. It was her. She was the manager director of four kids and one of them being fully
1: dependent autistic. Yeah. Did you ever feel, you know, and right, wrong or indifferent. I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. Um... You know, did you ever feel like she resented you guys for that? Oh for Because I feel like, you know, I, I, I have thought about it. And, you know, as I've been kind of like contemplating, I guess, you know, talking on this podcast and everything. Like, I definitely think there was a period of time, at least in my life, where my mom really resented the fact, you know, because she was so exhausted and because she was technically a single mom. Um, she resented the fact that she had to, like, provide for us in that way, you know.
0: I don't know. I don't know if she specifically resented us. A lot of the anger that she had was projected towards other people. And I'm treading lightly because I don't know who listens necessarily. Um, and I feel fine saying that. I'm being honest in that, in that regard. But, um... I don't know if she necessarily resented us, but I think it was, she had a lot going on. And so she just got mad easily. She didn't manage her, her emotions that well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a better way to put it. I don't know that my mom resented us, but I think she may have resented, you know, having to be responsible in the full capacity mm-hmm. that, you know, a parent has to be responsible for their kids, mm-hmm. you know, especially because my mom come, you know, she came from like a, a fairly conservative religion and, you know, there was high expectation on her as a girl and she had her own, you know, complex, you know, relationship with her family and everything like that. Um, It's like, you know, when she hit 30, you mm-hmm. know, and like my mom and dad had divorced, it's like she's, you know, living her childhood, you know, she's like living her 20s out in her 30s. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, again this is years and years ago and we've you know we've since talked about it and done a lot of healing and you know like i love my mom and i love my dad too like they're you know i i talk to them you know a couple times a week but um you know for for me i think at the time it was like you know like why (laughs) like is is you know food such a big deal yeah um and I, I, of course, as you know, in my 30s now, I totally understand it. It's like half the time I get home from work, it takes like every last ounce of energy to cook myself a meal. It's uh-huh. like, I mean, I, I cannot imagine having to provide for two kids right now. I yeah. mean, can you?
0: No. no. I mean, like, three clicks, you, away from like a, <laughs> three clicks away from a meal on Eat Street or yeah, DoorDash. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yes, I know. I, 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 I Literally,
1: I came home last night expecting to bake some chicken. And do some quinoa. And I ended up ordering um, The District.
0: Oh, get it,
2: girl.
1: This is when it, the ad starts. For it. it's <laughs> like, the District Pub and Grill.
0: <laughs> the District in Eau Claire. Um, yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> so at the beginning of my health journey, I mostly just counted calories. Which is just a a way to actually be more mindful about my food. My yeah. my <laughs> dietitian was never, you need to eat It's just, just like, how do we become more mindful? The simplest thing is through numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I counted everything that I did. You know, I started at a certain amount of calories. And then we went lower. And we just stayed at that. And so that's basically it. But uh, that was maybe the first three months. And then after that, I was doing like... Uh, Hello Fresh or Home Chef things like that. Mm-hmm. these are a promo code. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but um use our
1: promo code snacks on snacks use
0: our promo code snack for 20 we won't tell you which spelling it is (laughs) (laughs) um i've debated like changing it a little bit but i don't don't know it's
1: like like every true crime podcast you know it's just like he like walked into the room and watched the the body, you know, the body parts were ripped apart. And there's E Street. The number, <laughs> number one. You know, it's just like. But
0: when I, when I, like three months into my uh, my rehealthification journey, <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. Uh, I was doing that and I dropped weight so quickly because mm. I was, being so mindful and intentional with my food and it wasn't it's not like the intention going into making the food is going to make me lose weight no it's just I'm actually like rehealing the fact that I didn't have that much fresh food growing up when I was a kid, kid. Yeah, totally. Granted, did I want to eat it? I don't remember. <laughs> you um, were
1: like, I was more of a, a Sour Patch girl myself. I was more of a mac and cheese I, uh... with a side
0: of cheese on it, baby. <laughs> 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 like, I, like, that
2: was
1: my life. Um, that was why I was definitely a mac and cheese bitch. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, this? Right here, I got this from mac and cheese.
0: Thank you. <laughs> But uh, but becoming more mindful, and it actually helped me get out of, like, a, a big rut. And then for some reason, I don't know why, I, it's just so hard, again, to just cook food. I think it's just, like, this long COVID, like, trauma that is, like, I'm just fucking tired. And yeah. then the pandemic is still affecting us, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think in some ways. And also, I think, you know, in general... With how busy and complicated our lives are, like coming home to prepare meals, socks. you know. And I, I really think that's why we, you know, we meal prep. Yes. It's like I, you know, if I'm gonna bake some chicken, I'm gonna do like three or four chicken breasts, and then I'm gonna throw them in Tupperware, throw them yeah. in the fridge, so I can heat them up in the microwave. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's really been like my key to success. And then I, you know, I do these, you know, I, I love salad. I've always loved salad, so I, uh, so I throw it together. Yeah, I just. Yeah, and so that's like, I, like I want to make it as easy as possible. And uh-huh. you know, a friend of mine, because um, about a year ago, I mean, I you know, for the the listeners, um, about a year and a half ago, I weighed I'm six foot one. I weighed two hundred and forty pounds, um, and I started running, and I started you know again being purposeful with what I you know the food that I was putting in my body, and I weigh about one eighty seven now. Um, you know, it's like I, I wanted it to be as easy as possible, mm-hmm. um, and you know, once I started doing that, I heard it. I heard actually, I heard this really brilliant quote um, last week from a, a nutritionist mm-hmm. who said that abs aren't built in the gym; they're built in the kitchen. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. I liked Wasn't that. that great? You can it's have like, it. You know,
0: Beyonce wasn't built in a day. She was built yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> i know i know your face you're like what the fuck um it's like that's uh, no i don't know i don't know rome (laughs) wasn't Um, built in a day and neither was beyonce yeah and neither was
1: beyonce
0: (laughs) or (laughs) these abs did you say these abs abs. okay all right
1: (laughs) uh and i was i i mean i just I, i really loved that but yeah i think like you know, we have such busy, complicated lives. It's like how easy can we make it? You know, and that's yeah. that's really what I do. And now it's like I found. You know, even after I've started my own healthification,
0: rehealthification, rehealthification. <laughs> I don't. I've never um, said that before, but I like uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I like For it a sure. lot.
1: It's the what it like uh podcasts words that you like wouldn't say normally but you know you're just like coming yeah. up with stuff
0: yeah because this <laughs> is such a uh artificial conversation we don't normally talk like this we hate each other in real life <laughs> yeah. so taylor um <laughs> what about your, <laughs> your re um
1: yeah so you know i i it's, have started that journey as well i think we both did at the same time really like we both really started i think separately obviously separately, we didn't talk about it yeah. i mean it was yeah. like periodically I would say mm-hmm. something like, yeah, I went jogging today. And you were like, yeah, I like, you know, I like actually made dinner last night. Yeah. And, you know, we just kind of like, it, I think grew from there. Oh, but...
0: yeah. When when I was cutting your hair, we were talking. About, yeah. And then, um... you know,
1: Wednesday nights when we were doing, we were both kind of showing up and we'd yeah. be like, OK, like, I
0: see you. I see you. I see
1: girl. you I see mm-hmm. popping in those mm-hmm. denim jeans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Girl, um... if you find
0: the right <laughs> jeans, I tell you what. It'll change your life. <laughs> um,
1: but anyways, I realized that, like, still, yeah. I have a problematic relationship with food. And it's like, yeah. I'm looking at calories. And so, like, recently I started, you know, um, I really love dessert. Like, mm. I'm not, like, a big sweets guy, but I definitely like, you know, a little, um, the denouement of a meal.
0: <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, like, yeah, I, like to, I like to finish it off your face.
2: This you is like this is like this big old collegiate <laughs> word. I don't even know if that
1: was a correct <laughs> word to Jim, use it. A... <laughs> um, you know, so what I've been doing, it's like great. <laughs> <poop hole. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> those Grey Poupon commercials from the <laughs> 90s. Grey Poupon. <laughs> Grey Poupon. Mm-hmm. It's not regular. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh God save the
0: Queen indeed. I love a little en petit cherry on top at yeah. the end of my meal. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um <laughs>
1: Oh, that's so funny um i know i guess it did sound pretty ridiculous <laughs> and now i'm just embarrassed <laughs> no,
0: no 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 this is great and so one thing i love is getting feedback about like oh my god i'm losing it along with you guys yeah and yeah so it's well good hopefully
1: shit. they're not listening to us and they're just like what the fuck i mean um, they could be but they probably are. We, i mean we, well, we are well so why not to them my life. <laughs> um so I've been getting these like chocolate bars, like Ugh. organic chocolate bars that it's like seventy two percent cacao.
0: Either you're good, yeah. Either or cocoa, cacao. You sure?
1: It's cacao. Well, f- <laughs>
0: fuck
2: <funny>. me. Okay. <laughs> Did
1: you ever watch what? that Portlandia? At that point,
2: no. <laughs> it's super we fun need to the watch. Safe word is cacao. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why I made it weird. But anyways, um, you know, so like I'll do. <clears throat> I like see how many you know. It's like each chocolate bar has three servings, oh. um, a hundred and fifty calories, but of, cacao. of Oh, of cacao, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's like healthy for you. Yeah, it's heart healthy. Um, you know, it's full of oh my goodness, am- wow. amino acids.
0: I think I actually have no idea antioxidants. That yeah, one. the one that's also in blueberries. I mean,
1: there's blueberries. 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 Licked by a tiger. Oh, this jacket—it's blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> <That's
0: super funny. laughs> um, I was doing that. With so yeah, some. Uh, so I'll break it
1: up. You know, like I'll break it up. I'll like have yeah, yeah. like a third. You know, yeah. on top of my, like, chicken breast yeah. And it just feels like, like I have a complete meal. I'm full. I'm satisfied. Yeah. I don't need to, like, run to the pantry and yeah. get a bowl of cereal. And it's
0: definitely a social aspect, <clears throat> too, like, having that little bit of dessert. Especially if, as a kid, you felt without in moments. Oh, yeah. And then you're able to be like, okay, I am refilling <clears throat> my, chi- my inner child's cup right now. And being mindful and intentional with these sweets. Yeah. So I was having some. Uh, God, I really don't remember the brand, but it's like it could be Ghirardelli, it could be something else. But it was little <clears throat> ice cream bars on like sticks, you know? Oh on yeah, the, on the little sticks. Mm-hmm. It was like 180 calories. Excuse me. The <laughs> <laughs> little stick. <laughs> yeah, I mean the little popsicle thing. And. <laughs> And uh, that would be like, oh, good. I scratched that itch. That that's done. Okay, good. And yeah. then uh, I told my dietitian about it. And she's like, oh, good, good. Yeah. Like I I can't restrict myself with food. In in regards to like which category of food I can have, I can't say I will never have this. I will never have that. Yeah, like, like stay away from carbs. It's just yeah. I, I can't do that. Otherwise, then. You know, I'm on one side of the pendulum, and then the other side is me binge eating. Well, and the thing I is, yeah, and it's like the more I going... tell
1: myself I can't have it, the more I want it. Yeah, it's totally a psychological. It is. You thing. know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So honestly, like I was doing really well for a little bit there when I was allowing myself to have like a candy bar a day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it
0: was still like then I just didn't feel like well, it's like, well,
1: food. yeah, I mean half of it's mental. It's like I'll, you know, I'll eat a nice prepared meal for myself. And, eat, and you know, sometimes I'll do like shrimp pasta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like not the healthiest, but like it feels good because like, you know, my hands are you in it. it. Yeah, I made it, you know, yeah, you
0: eat it with your hands. Yeah,
1: I, straight into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, just, it. I like, I'll wake up and I, I feel like I have a better day. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel lighter. And it's like, you know, used to, I would eat a whole, you know, pizza. A whole pizza? A whole pizza, you yeah. You don't
0: have to shame away from saying, um, I ate a whole pizza. Because, friends, I tell you what.
1: I tell you, that cheese. is... <laughs>
0: Stuffed crust uh, pizza.
1: From Pizza Hut. From Pizza Hut. I'm telling you. The
0: whole thing in my tongue. Yes. And then. And
1: then I feel awful. Awful. Like the next day, I'm like, I mean, sweaty. I yeah. have the meat sweats.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's no reason. The meat
0: and cheese sweats. Yeah. It's like, why am like, I doing this to myself? I'm greasy. Well, the...
2: I break out. Yeah. All same. over my body
0: okay you're going somewhere with that i agree i'd swim in the grease i swim in I'd the take grease. the grease off the top of the cheese piss. i smell like cheese
1: and parmesan <laughs> um
0: the person says tell me when with the parmesan shredder and, and I, I never, never, never see yeah, I never do. <laughs> I don't like tell me when okay <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm waiting uh. yeah i know um what was i gonna say oh yeah there's there's an a uh, there's uh I think we get the same reaction in our brain. Uh, opioids? With, yeah, with cocaine yeah. and stuff. Well, it's not cocaine, yeah. Sure. You're, you're, <laughs> you fucking know a little bit more medically. Yeah, and, with
1: opiates, <laughs> like meth. Like <laughs> meth. <laughs> with opiates, Which is like actually,
0: mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why You that's know, open. the opioid pandemic. Yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so terrible <laughs> We're laughing because it's better than crying Yeah, yeah um, right Because it's better than crying um, <clears throat> But yeah I mean like it's an addiction And then you're like oh I feel really bad And then it's almost like this self-fulfilling uh, Self-deprecating prophecy Yeah where it's like, yeah
1: and you know what and, yeah, it's like, I feel this <clears throat>
0: bad right now So it then proves that I'm bad So I can still do the stuff that oh, I'm Oh yeah it will like perpetuate better More yeah. poor meals And yeah. it's
1: like you know it, when I'm like it, kind of in that cycle, it's like every time I catch myself in the mirror, I'm picking apart my body, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm picking apart. It's like, I don't like how my shirt sticks out here, you know, or I don't like the way my chest looks when I'm, when I'm sitting like this mm-hmm. and it's not healthy. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's, you know, it's like, I'm a, i am I mean, Anna knows I'm very open. I'm a, a queer person and um, you know, attracted to men, and it's like I don't think that's just a queer thing. It's like I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he's like, you know, I was working with him today, and he's, you know, he's like the straightest dude I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's not the straight. He's dude. never thought about
2: putting his penis as <laughs> an asshole. Yeah. He's
1: <laughs> never had a gay thought in his life, you guys.
0: He never <laughs> liked the pointless nipples of a man. Uh, yeah, yeah, just
1: the weirdest <laughs> thing. Um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I honestly, I mean, I'm sure, I don't, I'm just, I don't even know we're why. Just, we're just going it, down are just, Yeah, we're going tangent. down a rabbit hole now. But I mean, yeah. honestly, okay, like, I guess that actually <laughs> wasn't a fair statement because he's, like, kind and compassionate. And, you know, I guess those are, like, historically not, you know, super yeah, hetero. Learn, about, I know, you learning know.
0: about gender studies, it's, we're all a spectrum on the femininity. Yeah, I mean, it, it has yeah. nothing to do with our sexuality. No, so continue, I, this, this um, man who is straight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, he was talking about, I, I told him today, you know, we went and had lunch. Um, and he was, you know, I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, when I get off today, I'm going to go do this podcast with a friend and this is, you know, what it's about, you know, and he kind of started talking about, you know, his, his poor relationship with food Mm -hmm. and, you know, the way that he looks at his body and the way that he feels about it. And I thought it was a really fascinating thing. And I don't, I, you know, I, Obviously, I, I, you know, for for women, it's like you grow up and you see all these, you know, heroin chic models and catalogs mm-hmm. and you think that's what I want to look like or that's what I look, you know, should look mm-hmm. like. And then, you know, in the the LGBTQ community, it's like you, you know, all these these gay men, I mean, they look like impeccable. They have perfect skin. They have six pack abs, you know, or they're like super lean. It's and... really
0: bad in like the. The machismo gay community, because there's like yeah. some there's some underlying internalized <clears throat> homophobia there. So it's like if I look more mask, it's like that mask for mask. You Know what I mean? Yeah, like,
1: yeah, totally. It's yeah, like, 100%. what does
0: that mean? Like, you can't date somebody with a little bit of femininity, yeah, you're because not that attracted means that to You're really gay, like, yeah, what, is, what does that mean? I
1: know, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think more complicated than we're way ever more, gonna, yeah, way <laughs> more than we're ever gonna be able to describe. Because yeah, there are different, uh, um,
0: different, but I think it's everybody. I think everybody.
1: I, you know, it's like you got you know my buddy who who wants to look good for his wife yeah. you know and he like wants to feel good at work yeah. and and he doesn't and so I think you know maybe I think broaching the conversation with yeah. people like it, you know or at least bringing it up yeah um is a really good way to kind of get yeah. past it and I yeah. think as as with anything you know the more that we talk and the more that we discuss these these weird aspects of our lives mm-hmm. that you don't Necessarily talk about in your normal day-to-day you realize like how much commonality there is Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really with anything anything
0: and uh, Again back to the class that I'm taking and I knew this before but really diving into it and like the sociological implications of Men not talking about their feelings Shows that like oh men don't really care about their looks. No, everybody cares about their looks Everybody wants to feel attractive. Everybody wants to feel admirable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think talking about it <clears throat> as a man is very beneficial. And then that can help influence other men to talk about it. No, <clears throat> I just, I, I feel really passionate about uh, the implications of not talking about the shit in our heads. Yeah, totally. And and how bettering ourselves through talking about that stuff. You know, if you're angry, be angry. I mean, don't be angry at somebody and, you know, affect their life. But feel the feelings and talk about the feelings and process it. But also let them go.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let the
0: feelings pass. Just feel them if you Yeah.
1: And I, yeah, I mean, I think... I try to be one of the, and, I, and you know, I think I'm effective. I try to be one of those people that, you know, creates a space mm-hmm. for people to feel okay, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty unfazed by everything. I mean, it's like very little that, Same. like, I'm like, Ugh, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean it has to be pretty outrageous and disgusting for me to be like, Ooh, Ooh You know, <laughs> like that's pretty shitty yeah. <laughs> Like you know, um and I find and that's kinda like yeah. you know, it's kinda what I, I feel like it's what you're doing with this podcast. It's kinda just like, you know, talking about it and you know, you can either listen or you don't have to listen or, you know, yeah. Um I think it's it's okay sometimes to stay silent if you're still figuring it out in your own but honestly every lesson I've learned has been with other people, mm-hmm. you know. Some mm-hmm. of my greatest lessons I've learned from from peers or mentors or yeah. you know, just kind of talking about the shit.
0: One of hmm, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my life is my intention doesn't always matter. May I talk about Okay. So Taylor and I had a little bit of a falling out in 2020, right before the pandemic, and it was definitely at the hands of my inability to cope with the world around me while I was going through the grief process with my mother. And, oh, and um, I learned a huge life lesson through your healthy boundaries that you set with me, and me fucking up. I feel like some of the largest uh, lessons I've learned have been through me to quote unquote fucking up and then making amends after that and doing my best to acknowledge the full picture of what happened and uh, just keep going from there and do living amends and uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So now I know. we're on the other side of
0: it and I feel like our friendship did change because we you know, it was like very oh, another person we were like sort of attached at the hip a little bit and now it's like Yeah, I think it's
1: I, like our friendship with each other is it's definitely on our, our own respective terms. Yeah, yeah. And we're both comfortable with where we're at yeah, right yeah. now, which I'm I'm fine with. And yeah. I think you know, it's like
0: also our lives are very different. I mean we're like we're really like comfortable Yeah, I mean we're that. so busy. Oh, Yo yeah. yeah. I mean like I yeah.
1: you know, it was a huge mess and <laughs> You know, so were you. you yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> um, <And> uh, <laughs>
2: what are you laughing at? The,
1: yeah, so
2: were <clears throat> you. Yeah. That's
0: what yeah, I'm laughing we at. We both were. We both were.
1: Um I'm gonna take a sip of water because We're gonna take a sip of water I got frog in my throat, <laughs> frog in your I, got throat? Frog.
0: <laughs> I got frog, oh, frog I got frog Oh so have you had fried frog before? <laughs> oh,
1: no <laughs> Have you? Frog legs?
0: No my mom loved them though She lived in New Orleans <clears throat> she,
1: she would she... I'm just she kidding did. It's not like not... a <laughs> <laughs> am anyway,
0: um Anyway
1: Yeah I think you know it's like Part of of becoming an adult and creating healthy boundaries and, and and being willing to communicate and I also You know, I don't think I was able to tell you this at the time when I, I think we're both just like hey I think it's you know appropriate we take a step back for a minute or mm-hmm. really it was me saying hey I, I think I'd like to take a step back from our friendship mm-hmm. for a second, you know Just to kind of reevaluate things mm-hmm. and see where we're at um, Those type of conversations happen out of love You know, like Mm -hmm. you have to be, I mean, I think when you care about somebody, you know, and and you're close friends with somebody and, and, you know, the way I perceive it, you know, and and I've been on the receiving end of that, um, a hundred percent multiple times, uh, you know, it's like that person cared enough, you know, to, to even explain that to me or to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. um, instead of just completely cutting off the friendship, Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think happens a lot of time and it is kind of an act of love to, you know, say, hey, you know, I haven't felt good about this friendship, this relationship, whatever it is, you know, for for a while now. And I think it's appropriate that I kind of move on from this, mm-hmm. you know, and we can kind of reevaluate or dip our toes into into friendship again down the road. And that's what you and I did, I feel like. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's worked, mm-hmm. you know. I, I mean, at least I do. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't have any negative feelings. I don't no. think negatively all the time, you know. It's like I, I see you every couple weeks, and, yeah. you know, we hang out, and, you well, know. We
0: go. Yeah. And then we chill. And we do a podcast. It's
1: super chill. We talk about it. It's so chill. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I don't know if anybody... <gasps> <does.
0: laughs> um, but, yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like people to know about you?
1: Um... No, I, I, I guess, you know, like my closing statement would just be, um, you know, like your relationship with food. I think, you know, being purposeful with your relationship with people is hugely important, too. And I, I think if we all just paid a little bit more more attention, mm-hmm. um, you know, we would be much better off. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I was just asked last <clears throat> night what a red flag was in a relationship. And I was like, "Lack of uh intentionality and in speaking the intentionality mm-hmm. and that's honestly the only thing that I can really think of. I don't know what do you have any red flags for relationships people relationships, not just romantic or any other thing otherwise
1: um yeah, I think when I meet uh you know when I meet people who are very uh Into what they have going on, which isn't a problem, you know, I mean Mm -hmm. people are very like egocentric, but when You know every time we're hanging out We're talking about some aspect of your life that you have yet to get over Mm -hmm. or you have yet to work through and it's it's continuous And i'm talking like six months to a year Mm -hmm. Um, that's typically when I when it's like, okay, well, you know, what how is this serving me? How is this relationship serving me? And Mm -hmm. no, I don't think every relationship has you know You you need to get things out of relationships, Mm -hmm. um, or every relationship um, but I do think it's important. I think, you know, every best friend and, you know, romantic relationship I've ever had, It's it's been um, reciprocal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we, we both mutually are growing. I, I have this, like, you know, this joke I like to say where it's like two halves don't make a whole, but two holes, that's a party. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> my god um
1: and it's it's funnier you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's like it's actually kind of true but it's also i mean really
2: funny.
1: (laughs) it's (laughs) it's just you know i don't know you can help me out here dude that's so good yeah i mean it's true you know it's also (laughs) Really you were, were cut off really
2: deep. You, were caught, yeah. you were off Two holes make a party yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well On that note If you were to be a snack What snack would you be? God Do you hate this?
1: I mean yes. I don't know The first thing that came to mind was Snap Pea crisps
0: <laughs> you know, because they're like... And I'll see you next week. <laughs> yep. Snap pee. Explain. Why? No, I don't want to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking want to, no, mom. I,
1: you can't make me.
0: You can't make me.
1: What kind of snack would you be, would I be a Samoa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Very exclusive. Only... <laughs> accessible once a year, yeah. based on my that's, most that's, recent god
1: Freud, Yeah, uh, Freud, yeah.
0: Fred would have a field day. Oh yeah, yeah, baby! And then uh a little crispy with some, <laughs> some crunch and sweet. <laughs>
1: I, would, I would probably want to be Ruffles chips because
2: Ruffles have can't have chips. a party without yeah, Ruffles.
1: Nah, no. Or two holes. I mean, maybe like onion dip.
0: Ooh. Do you like? I don't top know. The tater? I
1: honestly, you know what's funny? Top the tater. Do you know what top the tater? No. Is? No,
0: it's it's like it's like an onion dip for oh okay potatoes. <laughs> top the tater. Yeah, I get it. <laughs>
2: I get it. I yeah. get it.
1: Yeah, I don't. And you know what's interesting for for being on a podcast called Snacks on Snacks? I don't
2: snack that much. <laughs> That's okay. I like have like a few meals a day. <laughs> Like, like, oh, what snack would I (laughs) be? I don't know, fucking air? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, wait, why am I on this podcast?
0: (laughs) I'm going to press the delete button on this. (laughs)
2: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, please do. Oh, well, Taylor, (laughs) I love
0: you so much. You're a great person, and uh, I love talking with you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and this has been Snacks on Snacks, and bye! Bye! Snack on, Mm, I don't know, existential dread.